This episode of the Comedy Zone podcast is brought to you by BarkBox. Make your best friend happy at getbarkbox.com slash comedy zone. From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ podcast and email us at comedyzonepodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Good morning, Vietnam! Well, a little heads up would have been a good thing. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's, it's me, your host with the most, Brian, on the ones and twos, the producer of the decade. And Sammy is under the weather. Yeah, let's say that. Let's go with that. She's yeah, Sammy's Sammy's under the weather like uh like who? Sammy's under uh-huh. the Sammy's under the weather like somebody drunk is under the weather. I don't know what you call right, I can't think of anybody. Rough night. Yeah, like yeah. Mel Gibson was under the weather. <laughs> yeah, like Tiger Woods. Like Tiger Woods. Was, <laughs> Sammy's under the weather like Tiger was under the weather. That's the kind of under the weather. <laughs> Sammy, Sam, and, I, and I'm going to ask her. She let her speak for herself next week, but Sammy was doing too much. Sammy, Sammy maybe spread a little thin right now. Sammy spread, yeah. a, little, Sammy spread a little thin. She thought yeah. she could handle a little more than she could handle. So now she's in bed recuperating. Yeah. I, gotta, I tell her, bro, you're not 20 anymore. No. No, you're not. Yeah, if I have two beers now, it's it's like half of the next day. Yeah, see? It's yeah, it's not, Hey man. Yeah. That's why I, that's why me and Josh Wolf converted to weed. I'm telling you, you don't you don't get the hangovers. You just you just yeah. don't lose any weight cuz you get the munchies and you eat all night. But or gonna, if you I will say this. Yeah. Okay, so last week Doug Benson was here. Yeah. On the same weekend Josh Wolf was here. Mm-hmm. You hung out with Doug and Josh a little bit Friday night. Yeah. I got to hang out a little bit with them Saturday night. Nice. These guys are just high all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no, like, they're not like, you know, oh, I need a day to recover. I need a couple hours here. Nope. They're, they're just, it's a constant. It's a constant thing. Yeah. Yeah. And good for you if you can handle it. That's. I guess you build up a a thing to where it doesn't just completely knock you out. It's just, you know, it's kind of this, but like a person that has a glass of wine all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it works for some folks, but uh, I'm not an all the time person. Yeah. No, no. Doug Benson. Is the most highly functioning stoner I've ever been around. Wow, I mean, he's he's he is not that I've spent a lot of time hanging around stoners, but mm-hmm. but he he is. I mean, he's as highly functioning. I mean, seems to have it together, can make decisions, mm-hmm. doesn't isn't lazy. The, the guy's hardworking. Yeah, you know. Um, and Josh is Josh. I mean, we know we love Josh. He's um, the man. But Doug Benson does. I mean, like Josh will admit, sometimes it gets to him. Yeah, you know, like sometimes he's too hot. <laughs> there is a such thing as too high. <laughs> this is true. There is, there is, a, there is a such thing as too high. But his tip did work. Uh, he mentioned uh, we talked. I don't know if it was on air or not, but about Visine. With the um, that was right after we shut the segment down. Yeah. So, so now that's my go-to. I get the, the Visine, and I look perfectly. Eh, wow. I look normally. It gets the red out. It really does. <laughs> that's not bullshit. It gets the red out. If you now, where are you? If you're starting to have to carry around accessories mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to like where are we getting into like we need an I'm an intervention if you're if you're Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not concerned about you. Don't no, get me no, wrong. No, I, I, just... I know. I, I well, I think that if uh, I, well, you know, the Visine is a little tiny bottle, so, <laughs> so, so the Visine's not bad. And, but the thing, the thing that's important is meal prep. Sounds like a diet plan, a workout plan, but for the weed, you need meal prep because you'll eat anything. Yeah, it do, yeah. it doesn't matter. You'll you'll bite a cow's ass. It does not. <laughs> if you, I'm telling you, it just it's just this hunger. You know, this like if I had been on the movie Alive, if they'd have had weed, I'd have started eating people like yeah, ten minutes without in. Without even thinking, like, about oh, it. I'm yeah. starving. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come sit next to me. Come over here. I'm ready to eat. Okay, <laughs> but no, it's, it's. Why don't if you start carrying around a fanny pack, I'll, I'll start <laughs> for like all if your I start, accessories. If, yeah, and, if yeah. I start having a fanny pack for all my different uh, weed accessories, then it's too much. <laughs> it is absolutely too much. I agree with you. I will happily step in if I see you with a fanny pack. Yes. Now, in related news, I was the keynote speaker at Shamrock Elementary this morning. <laughs> yeah. How did? Wait, hey, I have questions. How did that happen? <laughs> and how did that go? Well, uh, one of the one of the people that I do improv with, because uh-huh. you know I do some improv too, uh-huh. not much lately, but one of the people from the Charlotte Comedy Theater, uh, we've become friends uh, through improv. Uh, her name's Cora Paulsgrove, uh, Miss Paulsgrove out at out at the school, and she asked me to come and speak to the class because she said she had been talking to them on career day, and she said that all of them, a lot of them wanted to be athletes and singers and everything else, and she just thought, like, I would love someone to come in and talk to them about balance and about plan B, options, fallback plans, stuff like that. And she was like, I thought you were great because you perform comedy, but you're also an attorney. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've kind of hedged your bet in that way. Uh, so you have the I have my law practice that pays the bills generally. And then I have comedy, which is my passion and what I love to do. So she said, I thought you would be perfect to come in and talk to them about the way you pursue your dreams. And I said, yeah, okay. So I said, I, hey, that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, I would love to. Number one, I've never spoken at a graduation yeah. uh, uh, pro- promotion ceremony for kids. And number two, um, I I like talking to people, children that age, because yeah. they're they're still figuring out who they are who they want to be and everything else. And they're still in those formative stages. So sometimes the things you say really can make an impact. So I was excited about doing it. And then about an hour later after I said, yeah, I sat back and I said, what the hell am I going to (laughs) say to a room of fifth graders? Yeah. So they're about 12 years old, maybe 11, 11, yeah, 11, 12. And uh, I talked to a couple of my friends that were educators and I said, what do the kids uh, care about? And they were like, oh, Social media. You got to hit social media, hit some of the music. You can hit athletics, WWE. I thought of that one. They didn't tell me that one. Yeah. but So I, I, I wove in some references and, and some examples and analogies and things to uh, get the kids interested, to keep their interest. So I spoke for about maybe 11, 12 minutes, okay. not, not too long. But uh, I started off with a joke. Yeah, well. And I'm because, you know, I'm used to telling jokes to adults. Yeah. So I stepped out there and I said, I'm going to tell this joke and let's see what happens. Uh, you told the gay bachelor party joke. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be, I can't they imagine lo- a better icebreaker. They loved it. <laughs> <laughs> they loved it. The thing with the mic. And the- <laughs> yeah, they were all doing it. They had <laughs> pencils. They had all hitting, the head, hitting themselves in the head with pencils. Look, it's, it's like a dick. So they loved it. 
But no, <laughs> the joke I told, I told, um, I, I told a joke about uh, a guy looking for a job that ends up going down to the zoo. Have I told you this joke? I don't think so. This joke is great. This is a freebie for our listeners today. Now I'm going to warn you with this joke, you got to get it right because if you say it the wrong way, people are just going to think there's something wrong with you. So. And this joke works for kids and adults. So if you ever are coming to a birthday party, whatever, you want the kids to think you're cool, you're funny, whatever, you can tell this joke. Okay. So I walk out and I said, look, um, well, the first thing I did to break the ice even more was I thanked Miss Paul's girl for bringing me in to talk to the kids. And I said, I'm excited because of the reasons I said earlier. Mm -hmm. And I said, I also was excited because I thought I was getting an honorary fifth grade degree uh, as for being the keynote speaker. She told me that that does not happen. So uh, but I'm still excited. Right. So they got a little chuckle out of that. And then I said, "Okay, I'm going to tell you a joke. And the kids, they kind of perked up like, oh, a joke. Okay, what's this guy talking about? (laughs) So here's the joke. I said. There's a guy looking for a job. He's out of work. He can't find anything. Opens up the morning paper and sees in the classifies an ad for a job at the zoo. So he says, okay, I'll go see what they got. So he goes down to the zoo, talks to the the manager, head person there, and he says, yeah, I saw an ad in the paper about a position available at the zoo. And the guy says, "Uh, oh, yeah, come on. Let me talk to you in the corner real quick. So he takes him over, away from everybody, and he says, here's the deal. Um, Recently, one of our gorillas died. Uh, everybody loved Moo okay? Moo was the main attraction here. Uh, we're looking for somebody to dress up in Moo skin and jump around in the cage like they're Moo So we cut the, kept her skin, and we want somebody to put on the skin. And the guy goes, uh, that's disgusting. Uh, I'm not putting on a dead animal's skin. Not going to do it, uh, so thank you for your time. And the guy goes, listen, okay, well, we're paying $35 an hour. The guy goes, where's the monkey? Okay, so he goes over, he puts on Moo Moo's skin or whatever. He's jumping around in the monkey cage. First day at work. You know, he's doing the whole monkey thing. All of a sudden, the floor in the cage breaks, cracks and falls, falls down into the lion's den. So the guy's looking around. He's like, oh, my God, somebody help me. Oh, my God, somebody help me. I'm in the lion's den. Somebody come get me. And the lion kind of looks over and peeks out from behind a rock and starts to creep towards him. The guy goes, oh, God, there's a lion. Please, somebody help me. The lion creeps over, creeps over even more. The guy goes, oh, God, I'm going to die. The lion's five feet away. Please. And then the lion comes over, opens his mouth up and goes, man, shut the hell up before you get us all fired. (laughs) I like it. They loved it. Yeah. They loved it. I took out the hell for the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask, but that's uh, yeah. The kids loved it, the adults loved it, everybody's. Ah! <laughs> so then I said you can take that with you anywhere. People always get a chuckle out of that. It never fails. Yeah, that's a good joke. So yeah, so that's why I started. And then I just went into a speech and I talked about following your dreams but doing it responsibly. Um doing it in a way where you can handle your business. No matter how it shakes out. So with the law, if I do comedy and all of a sudden people decide I'm not funny anymore and they don't want to come to my shows. Well, I have a legal career, so I'm always going to be in a position to take care of myself and my family. Mm. And I said, that's how you have to pursue your dreams. In my opinion, you have to pursue them responsibly in a way where you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I said, that's that you can do both. I said, I'm a living, breathing testament to the fact that you can do both. Uh, so I told them, follow their dreams responsibly. Also, I told them to repeat this and I asked them to repeat it a couple times. I said, say to yourselves, I am what I say I am. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's going to be critical also in life because, um, 
you know, you, you, you can't let other people define you. Yeah. I said yeah. I was a lawyer for almost a decade. Everybody knew me as an attorney. I graduated at the top of my class, worked at some of the biggest law firms in the country, in the world. And the day I decided I was an attorney, that was it. Mm. Okay. And I said, everybody said, attorney, come on, man, get out of here. Attorney, really, really? But then eventually, because I was steadfast about that, ultimately, people changed. People will follow your lead. Mm-hmm. Once you decide, yeah. so so, I, and I tied that into not letting your mistakes define you. I said, don't let your mistakes define you. Let them improve you. Um, all those things sort of tied together. And the big the big two messages though were: you are what you say you are. You can chart your own course at any time in life, and follow your dreams, but do it responsibly. So those are my two big things. Yeah, that's good. And I yeah, and I ended up ended up there for eleven, twelve minutes, and I told them about being cool because I said there's going to be a lot of pressure on you to be cool going into sixth grade. I said, but you define what cool is. I said, listen, I'm almost 40 years old, and I love WWE. Love it. Watch it every week, all the time. Now, there are some people that would say it is lame to be watching that at my age, okay? I don't give a damn. I think it's cool. I love it. So, and then when I said WWE, their eyes lit up. Yeah. They were like, oh, oh. And I was like, oh, and I love this person, that person. They're like, oh, oh, oh. You know, because they, they love so it. You knew all the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, gave the speech. Uh, they enjoyed it. I really didn't know how it went, though, because I'm up there doing it. But when I got off the stage, uh, the teacher was like, oh, my God, you killed it. They don't pay that much attention to anybody. It was great. so great. So I was very happy. And then I got to meet the kids and um, got to meet some of the parents. But there was an interesting moment because I came outside and one of the teachers said, oh, my God. She said, when you said the thing about the WWE, she said, we got one kid here that loves it. So she said, where's he at? Where's he at? Oh, she goes, there he is, Justin. So she goes over, grabs him, and just whips him over to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, we'll talk about WWE. I look down. This kid is bawling, crying. I'm like, what? what's going on? Well, they've been giving out awards to some of the uh, A, B, honor roll, different awards for yeah. academic performance, yeah. different stuff. He didn't win an award. And he said normally his grandmother and mother were there. They said, well, normally he's used to winning awards, and he didn't get one this year, so he's really upset about that. And I said, uh, wow. And as I'm standing there kind of talking to him, the teacher chimes in, and she goes, so tell him your favorite wrestler. Who's your favorite? I said, uh, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, bad, bad time. No, bad, we we not we, a good time. We got to move off that. <laughs> I don't think the boy cares about that. I'm, I'm looking at his face. He he does he does not care about the wrestling right now. That's yeah. not the thing. So um um so we went over and I talked to him next to and I was telling his parent, his mother and his grandmother. I said, listen, I said the fact that he cares this much about winning an award and being recognized for academic performance is important. I said, I yeah. knew kids that didn't get anything and didn't give a damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they didn't care about school. Yeah. So the fact that he cares, tell him to remember how he feels right now and remember how he felt right now. And next year, get all the awards. Yeah. Work as hard as you can yeah. because you don't want to go through this again. And I said, he's going to be fine because he cares this much. Yeah. Or he's going to go into comedy. Because he's he's clearly damaged. <laughs> that is one important criteria. So it was so it was so he might go into comedy too, but it, but it was um, either way. It's it was fine. fine. He'll, so he'll be fine. So it was great. The parents were it's great. Awesome. The kids were great. Yeah. The staff was great. I hung around for a little bit, then I knew I had to get over here. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was an honor and a privilege to yeah, talk, cool. talk to those kids. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. look at you giving back. I, you know, I felt it felt good. <laughs> it does feel good because yeah. coming into it, like I've done a million, uh, not a million, but I've done a bunch of comedy shows, right? So when I go into those places, it's like eh, I, I don't get nervous, and I wasn't nervous about this. Yeah, but it's a different crowd, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the kids, and you're trying to hold their attention, and 
you know, there's a lot of different things happening at the same time. Yeah, especially that age because their attention span is about that long. Yeah, and I told them during my speech, yeah. I said, listen, for me to, you know, when I tell you I'm a lawyer, that means I've done elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and law school, which means I've sat through a lot of graduations. I've sat there, and I said, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember what most of those people said to me. Yeah, I said, I remember three things. I remember how happy I was to be done. Yeah, I said, I remember looking around and seeing my family smile. And how proud they were. And that made me feel good. Mm -hmm. And I remember I wanted to get out of there because we were going to get pizza. Yeah. And those are the big things. I said, so I said, um, those are the things you'll remember. So I just want you to remember the two things from me. That's it. I won't do anything else. Just follow your dreams and and you are what you say you are. Yeah. Yeah. I try to keep it simple. When you were going through like grade school, did they have like... You know what, man? All these graduations and... If they did, I don't remember a guest speaker. Yeah, I remember speakers yeah. at career days, yeah, and stuff like that. But I don't remember them bringing in a speaker for a fifth grade promotion ceremony. Yeah, I don't. We didn't have all that. They were just happy to kick us out and yeah, you know, move us out of that. Yeah, thing. so the going. only graduation ceremony we had, you know, of course, was the high school graduation. Yeah, um, I wonder if it devalues that. Like, because there's a lot of like, you know, you graduate from kindergarten, you get a cap and gown. Mm -hmm. You move from fifth grade on to the next thing, you get a cap and gown. You move from eighth grade into high school, you get a cap and gown. Does it devalue the the big ceremony at the end of the of the path? You know what I mean? That's a good question. I I like uh, you know who cares? It's another cap and gown. I've had four of these already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe if you do it, uh, if you do it too much, it's almost like WWE pay per views. I right? remember when there were four a year. Now yeah. there's one every month. Yeah, doesn't mean the same thing. Right. So I don't know whether they will feel like that because you know, growing up, I can't remember whether we did one every year, whether we yeah. did a thing. Do you remember doing a thing every year, like a ceremony? No, 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 no. They just the bell rang and we ran out of there. And we that was ran it. out of yeah. there. So yeah, we came but back you, in three months. But you know what though, this one might be because they're going from elementary to middle school. So it might be it might be that transition to middle school to high school to college. Yeah, even still. I feel like that. I mean, cuz I know I have a friend who has a kindergarten age who just graduated from kindergarten and there was a picture on on her social media this morning hmm. of the little kid with a cap and gown. The little kid with a cap. Like that, and gown. I feel like that's that's I feel like you're not you're taking that you know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you look forward to the big you know, graduation ceremony with the cap and gown and, you know, they play pomp and circumstance and you throw your cap in the air when it's all over. You know, you look forward to that mm-hmm. as a kid. That's what you're working towards. The mm-hmm. end of this and, you know, then moving on to the next thing and then, you know, at the end of college or law school or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just wonder, you know, if if you've already done that four times, yeah. you know, by the time you get to your high school graduation, you're like, oh, who cares? I've, I've done this. So is that your way of saying that the thing I spoke at today shouldn't even have happened? Not at all. Were they wearing caps and gowns? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. They were. <laughs> they were regular. Yeah, clothes. I think if you do it, you know, as a thing, you know, an end of the year. I mean, this obviously was only fifth graders. It wasn't the whole school. Yeah. If it's, you know, fifth graders, and you know, you can give away the end of the year, you know, the honor society, except to the one kid, he doesn't get it. But, <laughs> you know, you give away the awards and stuff like that. But, but you know, you don't do the, the big show yeah of it well i think you know i think from my per- from my perspective I, I i like i like 
coming together. I, it, to me, I, I like I understand that there's a certain level that it shouldn't reach. Right. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't yeah. be like a college graduation right. yeah. or like <laughs> yeah. a high school graduation. But to get together yeah. and have cake and ha- and give out awards. Yeah, I have no, I have no problem with that. Um, yeah. it, it felt. And, and for me, just on a personal note, you know, I lost uh, I lost my mother in fourth grade. So, you know, just I told the kids to take a second and turn around and look at their families for a second and to take in that image. And you see all these parents out there smiling and everything else. And to be honest, you don't know who's going to be there next year. Yeah. yeah. It's just the way life is. Yeah. So any opportunities you get to celebrate things, um, especially academic achievement, mm. I think uh, is a, a good thing. But. To your point, I think there's a level it shouldn't yeah, I, I, go past. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there should be a thing, yeah. but I don't know that, you know. Yeah, I don't think you need caps and gowns for a kindergarten graduation. No, and they didn't. They didn't yeah. they didn't do all of that. They they were there and they wore their, their nice stuff and the yeah. families I got to I got to talk to the families for a little bit and you could see how proud they were and, and yeah. you could see some of the kids their parents weren't necessarily married or whatever, but the father and mother were there together. Some of them don't see that that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it was it was it was sweet, but it was crazy for me because I'm looking at the principal and I'm like, I think she's younger than me. Like <laughs> I'm not used to principals being younger than me. Yeah, that's a weird. It was weird because it's been so long since I've been back to a fifth grade class. I'm like, yo, most of these teachers in that principal are younger than me. Yeah, (laughs) that that was just a trip. Yeah, I had a moment like that when Miss April was 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 younger than I was. That was that was Miss April. Yeah, like you know, in Playboy. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had a weird thing when Miss April was like, "Wow, she's four years younger than I am. That is not good." I guess that happens to you as you go through life. Like Eventually. With, with sports, too, right? Like, I remember when all the players were older than me. Yeah. And then I remember when they were a lot of them were my age. And yeah. now I'm like, dang, aside yeah. from Tom Brady and, like, yeah. one or two other people, <laughs> I'm older than all these cats. So I always look at all these guys, like, you know, in their 50s. Wearing like Cam Newton jerseys. <laughs> give me a break. That's not. Yeah. That, that's, see, that's, that's why. You know what? I, I agree with you on that. That's why. If I go with a jersey, it's a throwback. I'm a Randall Cunningham, a I Jerry, a, a, a Reggie White. Yep. I'm the legends. I, I cannot be wearing no child's name on my back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I went. I got a Red Wings, uh, Detroit Red Wings sweater. Uh-huh. And I was like, Who am I gonna? You know, Eiserman and I are the same age. Yeah. So that doesn't. You know that feels weird. Mm-hmm. So I went, I went, I went. Terry Sawchuck. Terry Sawchuck was the Detroit Red Wings uh, goaltender in the '60s. There you go. <laughs> That's how you got to do it. Exactly That's right. how you do that. Exactly I, right. It is. It is so ridiculous for me to see grown men out here with these 19-year-olds <laughs> names on their back. You got to stop that. Stop that. Plus, with the nature of free agency, you don't know who the hell's going to be where right, right. The, the, by the next season. Yeah, like, why would you buy a Cleveland Browns quarterback's jersey? <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. I, and really, when Chip Kelly was in Philadelphia, you had to get jerseys with Velcro names on them because you had to switch that shit out. You had to switch it out. No reason to do that. No reason to do that. So, you know, I, it's it's but but that's that's life and, and progressive and then. And getting older and yeah. seeing things differently. Getting older. I'm looking at my son. I'm like, man, this dude, he's just he's just coming into something different. And I, I was telling yeah. the kids I, with the uh, social media, uh, Snapchat, Facebook, they all like that stuff. And I said, understand that the things you say are permanent. And you can delete it, but somebody can screenshot it. And yep. guess what? As an attorney, trust me, you can delete what you yeah. want. I can get it. Yeah. I said, and, and that's what I go through in my law practice. Adults don't understand that. Yeah. 
You know, I, I read emails all the time. I'm like, why would you type that? Well, oh, well, it was in the deleted bin. Yeah, I deleted it. It de- yeah. It's not gone. Yeah. Delete doesn't mean gone. Yeah. Delete just means you can't see it no more. The young woman who printed out the, the, the who's been arrested now for leaking the, who printed out the, the thing at work. Like, at the, hold on, I missed this one. Now, what happened here? So there's a woman, the woman who leaked the latest Russia uh, mm. story. Okay. 25 years old, 26 years old. Yeah. Uh, printed it out. I printed the document out at work. Yeah. And then, so they were able to trace that it got printed from her <laughs> desktop computer. And then she had been emailing this reporter from her work. Yeah, she, she just did everything wrong. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So she should have watched, like, uh, the, the uh, All the President's Men. Is what she should have done. She I watched. didn't see that. Did they go into that? Um, well, they they it's 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 uh, the 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 uh, the whole you know the deep throat met him in the parking garage. In the oh, dark and okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I've heard of the movie. I just never seen yeah, it, but oh, I'm certainly great. familiar with the deep oh, throat story. Oh, you gotta watch okay. it. Yeah. Is it really good? Yeah. It's great. Who's in? Who's the star? Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Solid. Uh, Robert Redford play Woodward and Bernstein. Okay. Um, is that what? What? Yeah, all the presidents men. Yeah, okay. it, it's. It's great. Keep in mind, it was made in, you know, in the seventies. So all the shots are wide and long. They spend a lot of time dialing phones and looking up things in the phone book because that's, that's how reporting happened. Wow. You know, back then it wasn't just like oh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna break the story. Click, 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 click. Got it. You know what I mean? It was no, yeah, it, so was, yeah, it was completely different. Yeah. So it's it it's yeah, it's good. It's good. Really? But um, well, I don't. Oh yeah. Anyway, so yes. What the uh, the quote I was like is uh, stupid on the internet is stupid forever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. real. And I to, to dovetail onto that point, I part of what I told him was uh, you're going to be wanting to get a job one day, and I said employers are going to look at your social media. That's yeah. one of the first things they're going to go to. And I said, you know, so if you thinking about running down the street with your underwear on your head. Okay, uh, you need to rethink these things on camera. Yeah, and I yeah. said, and I said, some of y'all are looking at me like, "Well, why would I run down the street with underwear on my head?" I said, "Trust me, when you get to college, someone's going to think that's a good idea. Yeah. I promise you, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be times where people think things like that are great ideas to do. So you have to, uh, <laughs> you have to, you have to ask yourself: If I type this or I write this, would it? Would someone look at that and say, I, "We don't want yeah. that." And if it's something like that, don't write it. You know, like you can say it. I don't suppose our, <laughs> I don't suppose our president was there for your. Oh my lord! Let me tell you something. Because I wanted to give the example of like, if you want to be president, I'm like, damn, I can't say that. Nope, you not can. anymore. Yep, because clearly anybody. Apparently, can. you can. Really Up until this dude, I thought that that was a disqualifier. <laughs> Doing something insane and ridiculous on audio or video recording was a disqualifier. Apparently. It can propel you <laughs> into the press. So I don't know. It was the same spot I was stuck in with Mary and Barry when I found he was doing crack. I don't know what to tell the kids when the mayor's on crack. I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. Don't do. do drugs? Why? The mayor did. Well, shit, maybe you should do drugs. I don't know. Hell, maybe I've had it wrong. Maybe I've had it wrong all this maybe, time. Maybe, maybe that's the key. <laughs> maybe drugs is the that's key. That's the answer to everything. I mean, damn. Yeah, I don't know. It's, everything's upside down. <sighs> but anyway. So we have uh, a special guest coming up. We do. Correct. That is correct. We have Carly. Carly Aquilino. Aquilino. Why do I always want to say Fiorina? 
<laughs> yeah, Carly <that's>, Fiorina. <laughs> well, because that that would be a good. Carly Aquilina is great. Fiorina would be a Fiorina crazy would be a, yeah. So we have Carly Aquilino coming up. Yeah, um, we're going to talk with Carly about uh, the friend zone. I have lots of questions today. Yeah, about uh, all kinds of different stuff. But uh, we're going to talk to Carly about the friend zone because I need to. I need some answers from some shit that happened twenty five years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> you need a therapist, my friend. Oh, you may not be wrong about that. <laughs> we'll be back. Just some great shows coming up at the... Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Avid Exchange Music Factory this week. Uh, you're going to hear from her in just a second. Carly Aquilino is here. So uh, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on the day the show comes out, it's June 9th and 10th. Two shows June 9th, two shows June 10th. Tickets still available for Carly Aquilino. You know her from MTV and uh, all kinds of other different places. Tammy Pescatelli, one night only, Sunday, June 11th. Tickets still available for that show as well. Val Kilmer is here, one night only, Tuesday, June 13th. He is uh, Cinnamon Twain. Cinema Twain. Uh, Cinnamon Twain is a completely different show. Cinema Twain is uh, Val, Val Kilmer's show. Uh, he's here live on stage at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, with uh, his one-man show called Cinema Twain. Steve Lemmy and Kevin Heffernan, June 15th through the 17th. The Broken Lizard Guys next week. Bobby Lee, June 22nd through the 24th. Fortune Feimster, one night only June 28th. Dion Cole, he's on every show on television right now, June 29th through the 2nd. John Caparulo coming. Pablo Francisco, Lisa Lampanelli, Dave Attell, John Witherspoon, all kinds of great shows coming to the Comedy Zone in Charlotte. Call the box office at 980-321-4702 for tickets. You can always get tickets at cltcomedyzone.com. That might be the best way to do it. Follow the Comedy Zone on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Zone CLT and of course on Facebook at Comedy Zone CLT as well. As for the podcast, you can follow Will Jacobs at I am Will Jacobs. Sammy Joe Francis is at Sammy on Air. I'm at NCBalto72 if you want. Carly Aquilino, who we're about to hear from, uh, is at Carly Aquilino. And you can keep up with all, all her dates and details on her social media as well. Podcast is available iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music, SoundCloud. Find us, rate us, leave a review, tell two friends about us. It's the best way to help the show continue to grow. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll keep doing what we're doing. And uh, Carly Aquilino is next. Carly Aquilino is here. Carly, hi. Hey. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. Welcome to the uh, the Comedy Zone podcast. Such as it is, we're in a bunker off the showroom yeah. at the Comedy Zone here in, um, in Charlotte, where you have, as we record this, you've got four shows left. Yes. Two Friday night, two Saturday night. Yep. Uh, tickets still available. We'll tell everyone how to get tickets in the break. Awesome. But welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having This is a nice bunker. It <laughs> it's a nice bunker. I mean, if you think bunker, this is right. like a classy bunker. That's right. If we had to write out the Trump presidency somewhere. Right. There are worse this places. This is a good bunker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you, uh, you, you've you made your... Now, you're in your mid-20s, right? Yes, Not I'm 26. Out you, but... Yeah. <laughs> so you... But you've made a career out of out of uh, dating advice yeah. and kind of helping uh, helping people sort of um, you know navigate through the mess that right. must be dating. Now my dating days are long behind me. I'm happily married. I've been mar- married for a long time, but it must be really really difficult to date in yeah. this day and age. Oh, it's so hard because there's so much 
there's so much saturation. There's oversaturation. There's always like a dating app or even Instagram, Twitter. There's always people that are reaching out to everybody. It doesn't matter if it's a person that's on TV, a guy that works at Verizon, no matter where you are, there's people that are going to message you and reach out to you. And you have, there's no way for privacy. It's like, there's always that open line of communication. So there's always other options coming in. And I feel like, there's just too many options. That's why it's hard to like have a sustainable relationship. Yeah. It's so crazy. Is everybody kind of in and around your age is on some sort of some social sort media of somewhere, app. right? Is yeah. there anybody that's not? I don't know. I mean, I haven't I met yeah. a person that doesn't have something. Yeah. Even if they don't have like Instagram, they might still, I mean, probably Facebook. Facebook's been around forever yeah. at this point. So, yeah. so everybody has some type of way. In um in my day, the worst thing that would happen was um you would try to call a girl, right? And uh, God forbid, because we didn't have cell phones, right? It was you just call the house, yeah. Yeah, you call the house, and you know, God forbid, the parents would answer. That yeah. was that was the worst. I thing know that, that could was me have. growing up too. I mean, we didn't have cell phone. I got a cell phone when I was in like, I want to say eighth or ninth grade, because my parent, like all my friends had them. My parents like, you don't need one. Right. Yeah. You know, they were yeah. always the last. My parents just got Netflix last year, and I was like, guys, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, you're embarrassing me. This is mortifying. You need Netflix. <laughs> and then my dad was like, not everybody has Netflix. And I took him to Best Buy. I got him a little Roku box. They're like 50 yeah. bucks. Yep. You plug it into your computer and you have like Netflix, Hulu, everything. And the man that was ringing us up was old. He had to be like in his 70s. Okay. And I had said to him, I go, I just have a quick question. Do you have Netflix? And he's like, yeah, of course I have Netflix. Are you crazy? And I was like, dad. <laughs> This is proof that everybody has Netflix except for you. Yeah. So I didn't have a cell phone until later on. Um, all my friends had had them. But, yeah, I would have to have the whole conversation in the kitchen because my parents didn't even have a cordless phone. It was right. like the phone that was connected to the wall because yeah. yep. we were just not up with yeah. technology. So if a guy <laughs> called my house, if a boy called my house, I would have to sit in the kitchen while my mom was cooking and be like, um like have codes for stuff yeah so <laughs> you were like that's like pilgrim times for you yeah, yeah that's, pilgrim that's times like, yeah because <laughs> i didn't um we didn't have cell phones because they didn't exist when right I was back in the day right so they were just they weren't even yeah. a thing so i want to ask you something for me and again just mm-hmm. perfectly happily married yeah no problems now but back in the day right i had some issues right um, the biggest issue was I got, I got friend zoned before it was cool. Ugh. Like I got, yeah. I got shoved in the friend zone more often yeah. than I cared to admit even today. W- what is from the woman's perspective, from the girl's perspective, yeah. what is, how does friend zoning happen and, and why is it like, what's the thought process from what's the female the thought perspective? Process? That's an interesting question because it's like. I think that what it is is just you're friends with someone and once it gets to a certain point, you don't want to ruin that friendship. So if you don't make the move early on, it's going to turn into a friend zone situation where it's like, all right, we've been friends for two years and I don't want to ruin our friendship. Like, don't make the friendship great to the point where she's going to be like, I don't want to risk losing you as a friend. It's like kind of don't be the greatest friend yeah. is what i'm trying to say <laughs> don't be such like a great friend. just yeah. yeah be like a shitty friend and then <laughs> only be friends for a little bit and then try and make the move that way she's not like oh well you're yeah. such a good friend it's like be a bad friend you hmm. know that way you don't get friend zone that's probably terrible advice is it <laughs> no that actually sounds pretty <laughs> solid from my experience is it is it more likely for if 
if a man and a woman or or, or, or a boy for me it was a lot of high school friend zoning and then yeah. later and it's just messy but the the is it more likely for the in a friendship type of situation yeah I feel like it's more likely for the guy to fall in love with a girl right after they've been friends for a while than it is for the girl to fall in love with a guy right because because you don't look at them in that way right there's no like mystery there's yeah. no like playing games it's like you talk all the time I've been in uh, with my ex, we were best friends for like two years before we even started dating. And I was kind of like, man, I don't know if I want to date you. Like I wasn't sure in the beginning, but then I was like, you do the, the good thing about dating someone that you're friends with is like, you do know each other. And there's not that game where it's like, I'm acting like I'm perfect right. and I'm trying to impress you. It's like, no, this is what I am. You know it. You've been friends with me for a long time. And you still like me, which is kind of crazy, you know? <laughs> so it ends up being like a genuine relationship because yeah. you know each other at that point. Yeah. It, it is, is, is it or do some women use the friend zoning as kind of like, you know, I'm just not interested in you, but I'll be yeah. friends? I mean, I believe that as well. Uh-huh. I believe that as well. I know. We got to the bottom of it. It is hard to admit, though, but I always think, like, I always tell everybody this, whether it's one of my girlfriends, one of my guy friends, if they're dating someone and they're like, oh, well, you know, we're close friends, and or this person isn't sure if they want something, I'm like, if someone wants to be with you, they're going to be with you. Right. Like, it doesn't matter if you've been friends for 10 years. It doesn't matter whatever the situation is. Like, people make an effort. And if you want someone in your life, you'll make sure. And yeah. you'll be like, ah, you know what? This person is more important to me than my friendship with them. Yeah. And if you're not Im more important, then it's like, then that's when you get friend zoned. Yeah. Because it kind of is a thing where it's like, all right, I'm willing to risk our friendship because I like you this much. Yeah. You know? If you're, if you're the guy. Yeah. In a friend zone type of relationship, there's no way to kind of force or to kind of t turn that yeah. ship around is there i would think maybe just maybe i was kind of in a situation like this with a guy where i felt like i was being friend zoned and i was like listen like i thought it was he was too comfortable it's like i'm giving you all the things that a girlfriend would where it's like oh you can call you call me every day we talk every day i know everything about you you know everything about me we see each other we hang out we have a lot of fun so why would you want to be in a relationship with right, me right do you know what i'm saying i'm already giving you all the good things and you can still go out and do whatever you want that doesn't make any <laughs> sense yeah. so i kind of was like listen if we're not if this isn't going to be a thing, then I need to just move on because I'm putting I'm investing too much time and energy into it. And it's not giving me anything. Yeah. Like I'm not getting anything out of it. And then from me not talking to him for a little bit, he like missed me. Sometimes you're just too in a person's life. You need to like get away from them for a little bit for them to be like, oh, no, wait, I actually like this person and I want to yeah. take it to the next level or whatever the situation is. Or they don't. And it's like, fine, I'm moving on, you know? Yeah. Um, and that thing that, you know, that you said about a guy who, if particularly a guy, if he yeah. wants to be with you, he will move heaven you. and earth to be yeah, with you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've all, it's hard to admit when someone's not into you, I feel like. Yeah. Like, even still, if I go out on a date with a guy and I'm kind of into him and I, I just, ha you have a hard time being like, okay, he just doesn't, he's not that into me. But it, we've all been in situations where somebody nah, is whatever about you. Mm. Somebody doesn't like you at all. Or it's like somebody really likes you and you can tell the difference. You don't, you, you never have to question it. 
if someone really likes you. Yeah. Like if a guy really likes yeah. you, they'll make time for you. They're yeah. not even if they're busy, it's like, no, 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 I'm not that busy. Yeah. Like we'll still hang out or I'll still make some type of, you know, plan with you or whatever. Yeah. And I was there. There was zero question if I liked you. Yeah, there exactly. Was, I was alert, which probably I mean, did that make it too easy? I don't think so. I think. Well, it it doesn't make it too easy if she's as into you as you are her, right? But like if she's and not, vice versa. Like if uh, she's yeah. not, then it's then it is too easy. It's a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> it's a living nightmare. Yeah. And I've been yeah. on that end of it too, where it's just like, oh, I like this person. I'm like asking them to hang out, like, and they're not, and I'm still talking to him. You know, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to admit it to yourself yeah. too. Yeah. And then eventually it's like, girl, just just move it on. There's yeah. plenty of fish in the sea, I guess. Yeah. But my sea is like, there is an oil spill. There is not <laughs> a lot of, the, all the fish are dead. So <laughs> <laughs> is it is it harder to, <laughs> when you're considered, I mean, obviously, you know, you're a comedian. Yeah. And a dating expert. I mean, people come to you, I imagine, for dating advice. You must get yeah. it all the time. Is it harder to date when you're a dating expert? It's harder to date. I think it's hard to date as a comedian. Um, I'm sure it's different with it goes the complete opposite way with guys. But no matter what, it's kind of hard to date as a comedian. You're on the road a lot. When you're home, you're going out doing spots, getting home at like two o'clock in the morning. And as a girl, I'm working with all guys and I have I have a job in an industry where it's mostly male dominated. So it's like that's intimidating to a guy. If a guy's not the most confident person in the world, it's not going to work like because they get nervous. Like I was dating a guy for a couple months and he was nervous with the guy I was on the road with and me coming home so late. What were you doing? I'm like, I was working. This is my job. I know it seems like fun, but it's my job. It's how I make a living. I can't quit for you. You know, stage till midnight. What do you want? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, you know, I work with a lot of guys and I'm not hanging out with all of them. It's just like, they're my friends, you know? So I think that that makes it hard for me, especially being on the road so much. You have to really have a lot of trust there. And then for guy comedians, it's hard to, be in a relationship because it's the total opposite way where they get a lot of girls yeah. like girls love a guy comedian a lot of guys yeah. will admit like yeah no i got into comedy to like hang out with chicks yeah. like i'm not you know like that was my first true love yeah. about it so it's hard for them to sustain something on the road because it's like oh i have a girl but all these girls are interested in me and blah 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 yeah. blah, blah you know yeah you're either you're either as a comic, you're either terribly damaged, right, or you're in it for the chicks, right? That's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. It it falls yeah. under one of those categories. Um, well, thank you so much for hanging out. I know. Thank you for uh, having me. It, um, we've got to um, we've got to keep you moving. Uh, as we record this, you'll hear the show comes out at noon, uh, right awesome. around noon on Fridays. So two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday night. Where yet uh, next, or what are you working on? I am kind of all over the place. You can follow me on social media at Carly Aquilino. And I don't remember where I'm going next. I think I'm going to Tampa, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Or it's either Tampa or Rhode Island, which are two very different places. So I <laughs> have to true, post yeah. it on social media because I don't remember. Yeah, you'll need to figure that out. Yes, I have yeah. to figure it out because yeah. I have to. I mean, that's a very off route. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. It's it's uh, great to see you again. Thanks for spending thank some you. time with us. Uh, definitely come out to the Comedy Zone. Check out Carly's shows uh, this weekend. And um, we'll look for you again next time. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Carly. Okay, guys, BarkBox. Now, we've been talking about BarkBox with you for like a month. We know that you're you're clicking on the link. You're going to the site. 
you're checking it out because we get those statistics and numbers and stuff like that, but you're not pulling the trigger. Uh, and, and, and we get it, you know, it takes a little bit of time to decide, but look, you love your dog, do it for your dog, do it for us, but do it mostly for your dog. You, you make your dog happy. You make yourselves happy as well. Here's how BarkBox works. And the special deal, um, honestly, that, uh, we've worked out with BarkBox is pretty awesome. It's basically an extra free month. You already get one month when you sign up for the six or 12 month package at BarkBox. I'll explain what it is in a minute. Uh, when you sign up for the sixth or twelve month package, you you already get one month for a dollar. We're offering you a second month for free, so an extra free month of BarkBox at uh, getbarkbox.com/slash/comedyzone. Now here's here's what you get with BarkBox. You love your dog. Every month, BarkBox paw picks the best all natural treats and innovative toys to match your dog's unique needs based on the size of your dog you put some information in they know how big your dog is and they're able to curate these boxes specifically for your dog all the edibles are made in the usa or canada and 100 percent tested on animals in a good way uh it's it's a great way bark box is a great way to try a, a variety of treats and toys from local and small businesses that you might not otherwise be able to find each monthly box has a theme. Last month was Pooh York City. Uh, this month's box, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be pretty cool. There's new and unique toys that your dogs will absolutely love. And if your dog does, doesn't like something in the box, Sammy Joe's talked about this before, uh, we'll send you something they'll love for free. BarkBox is all about the dog happiness. Also, free shipping on any Bark box within the Continental United States. And when the dog falls in love with something from the box, you can easily find it again at BarkShop.com or the app by texting BarkBox. So here's how this works. Uh, you go to GetBarkBox.com slash ComedyZone. That's GetBarkBox.com slash ComedyZone to get your extra month of BarkBox for free. You love your dog. You're listening to this podcast, so clearly you have an affinity for us as well. Why not help us both out? Make your dog happy. Make us happy. It's the best way to help this podcast continue to do what it does and to help your dog continue to do what it does, and that's making you happy while you make your dog happy. It Look, everybody wins. There's no reason to not do this. Get BarkBox.com slash ComedyZone. Welcome back. Fun interview, man. Yeah, she's great. She's and 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 I feel better about my my dating years now. Yeah, <laughs> more at ease. A little, a little bit. I feel like I I feel like I have some answers, and I may owe a couple people an apology. But <laughs> <laughs> that's so Carly Aquilino did more than we thought she would she, today. She, that's she, she's, she's, a, she's doing God's work. She's doing God's work today. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. So okay, that weird segment three. Now there's there's something. We're gonna talk about. Yeah, right? I need I need your opinion about a couple different things. Okay, and this is stuff. It's been in the headlines. It's not in the. It feels like like it was a year ago, but it was all roughly a week ago. Mm. Um, I want to start with the Kathy Griffin thing. Okay. Ah, the severed head. Yeah, the severed head photo. Yeah. Now, I understand how something like that happens. Mm -hmm. You know, you get an artist. You know, you're in the middle of a photo shoot. You know, you get a photographer who wants to do something wacky, and the the person, the subject of the photo shoot is is in the moment. So she's like, "Sure, I'll hold a bloody severed head of the president." Yeah, you can't do that. And no, no, you can't. 
but when you when it gets released yeah and <clears throat> and then there's a, i'm sure that she never expected the outrage because she's like well everybody's anti-trump right now or at least everyone who likes me is anti-trump right right now so that's I'll, I'll be a hero yeah and then there's there's all this outrage yeah when carlos mencia was here mm-hmm. most recently and i talked to carlos yeah and we were talking about other comedians apologizing and i said is there is there ever a reason for a comedian to apologize yeah and he said no never apologize huh this is coming from carlos mencia yeah who's had some stuff to apologize about (laughs) (laughs) that's that's fair (laughs) so i'm curious to get your take on the kathy griffin issue and 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 we know i think i think everyone can agree it was too far yeah but at least i mean my feeling is I mean, you know, you don't need to brag about it. You don't need to shove it in people's faces, but at least own it. You know, it was in the moment. I did it, mm-hmm. you know, and. But what do you mean by it. brag about it, shove it in people's faces? Well, I mean, you don't go like, yeah, I did it. Oh. So, you know, you can be contrite, mm-hmm. I think. Without you know? apologizing? Yeah. Yeah. I think without, you know, coming out and saying it was stupid and I shouldn't have done it, you know, and Trump has ruined my career. Which, yeah, that was. Yeah, I don't know what that. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of saw it. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, all right, uh, all right. Maybe stop talking now. But <laughs> but and Let's wrap it up. <laughs> but what I mean, like you know, where do you stand on that level of of outrage? Which again feels like it was a year ago. Yeah, it was like six days. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, really, it, it's weird that way. It yeah. does. But I mean, what's your feeling? Apology? No apology. Oh man, I wish I. You know, I'm I'm coming at this off the top of my head because I hadn't given much thought to that. Yeah. And, but that is that is interesting, especially in the in the realm of of comedy. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, I I personally do not think there's anything wrong with apologizing uh, if you mean it. Mm-hmm. If you feel you know that what you did was over the top. I mean, what just like any other profession, uh, comedians aren't perfect. No. Like like you know, we're not perfect. We make mistakes in what we do and everything else. But so for me, the apology is not as big a deal. The question is just why are you apologizing? Mm-hmm. Are you apologizing because you truly feel that you know what? I had a moment and I went over the line. Or are you apologizing because, you know, eh, that's the thing to do. Yeah, because there was outrage. Is it the Bill Clinton apology because I got caught? Right. Or is it the You know what? Now that I think yeah. about it, that was too much. I and I yeah. and, and, and strip away comedy from it, right? Because mm-hmm. if you strip away the profession in the art form, you have a person that did something that on second thought they thought they shouldn't have done. Right? Yeah. If you take everything else away from it, that's when you apologize. So then you put comedian on top of it and all of the sudden, oh, well, then then you don't. Yeah. I I don't think being a comedian absolves you yeah. from, uh, you know, rethinking things. And if you feel a different way about something coming back and say, you know what, I shouldn't have done it uh, that way. I, I, I think sometimes comedians just think that's broad license to be as a race to, to just say home of anything Right. They want to say it's like you can just uh, you can do hate speech and just call it comedy. Yeah. Well, it, it 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 is. It's a different time now. You look at I forget which Eddie Murphy album it was. Oh, Delirious Raw. Yeah. Who had a track on the album was called Faggots. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Can you imagine? <laughs> right. It would not Hannibal Burris today. Oh. Or uh, Bill Burr. Yeah. Today. With an album track called Faggots. Uh, called, right. Called, I mean, I, yeah. You, you can't even picture it. It's just a different no. time. And and, and, that, and and I'm different than some other comics. I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. Uh, I, 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 I'm, all, I'm, I'm good with progress and people advancing Agreed. and having more yeah. empathy. And those, particularly as a black dude, like I like people moving that way. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I got no issue with that. The times change and sometimes you step out there and you do something and you go, you know what? Um, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't cool to do. Is it, is it not, is that a recognition in the moment after you realize that people are upset or is there something I feel like, and we're going to talk about this in item number two as well, that there has to be something in her, if it was that easy for her just to hold up, you know, the bloody severed head of the president and have a picture taken without thinking in the moment, this feels weird. Mm. This doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I'm getting my picture taken. Right. There's, I feel like, I feel like some sort of internal alarm has to go off. That says. In that moment that says, hey. this, this feels oogie. I don't, I don't like this, this, maybe I should not do this. Right. I, I, yeah, and I think sometimes you, and it sounds like she just got into so, like, just wanting to be provocative. Yeah. Like, oh, this is. Which is she, yeah. This is really shake it up. Yeah, which is what she does. Yeah. You know, to an extent. I mean, she, I don't know how how provocative she is, really. Right. But. Man, and ultimately, uh, the people will will decide what happens. I yeah. mean, she can go, Trump's ruined me or whatever else, but if the yeah. you know, people still want to come to your shows, they still, that's the great thing yeah. about comedy. They they can't, uh, you know, there's certain gatekeepers in terms of maybe TV or some other things maybe, but uh, in terms of her being able to do what she loves to do, yeah, there's nobody keeping her from doing that. No, no, Trump no, can't. Trump's Trump, not, not going to get the people to come to the comedy yeah. zone. Like, <laughs> yeah, like He's not going to keep people from coming to see her. Yeah, her fans, yeah, he'll be standing out front. <laughs> right. Actively... <laughs> call out the national guard right it's you know but but there's going to be backlash for something yeah. like that and there is something in the moment as adults i mean we know when we're doing something maybe we shouldn't be doing and yeah. we do it anyway you have there's something inside you that goes eh, but i'm gonna do it f it yeah <laughs> yeah I'm going so it. it it's a it's a you know a conscious decision you know to take the bloody severed head in your hand hold it up and you know, let someone take a picture of you. That's a conscious decision in the moment, right? And, and I, my thing is, at, at the point that you're doing that, to me, uh, you're saying, I'm, I want to be provocative. I want to make a statement. You don't just do that to say, "Ha ha, here's shits and giggles." Yeah, you mm-hmm. do it because you want to make a statement. And yeah. my, and much like, um, and I, this is may seem like a froth analogy, but somewhat like Colin Kaepernick with tape, taking a knee during the national anthem. Yeah, I don't like, think he thought it was going to end his career. I completely, <laughs> I, right, yeah. and I, I completely yeah. respect uh, someone's right to do that. That's Absolutely. what the First Amendment is. Absolutely. That's what that's how that stuff works. The thing I the thing that is weird is annoying to me is when people do that sort of thing and don't want any of the repercussions. Yeah, it's like right. when the people I grew up, the heroes I knew, the Martin Luther Kings of the world, he understood that when I walk across this bridge, yeah. I'm gonna get beat the hell up. Dogs <laughs> right. are gonna bite yeah. me, and people yeah. are gonna spray water. Yeah. He didn't walk around going what what fire hoses. 
Yeah. Like he right. understood that taking a stand means losing shit sometimes. Yeah. And and the people the people who are always the first one to go oh, freedom of speech first amendment first amendment are the ones who understand the first amendment the least. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I can say whatever I want and there are zero repercussions. Right. It means I can't be arrested for saying stupid you shit. You can't be arrested. That's what it means. You don't have a right to be on the right. e-network. You don't have a <laughs> right exactly to be right. in the NFL. Right. You don't have a right. Listen, I I respect his yeah. right to take take a knee during the anthem, but I respect an owner's right to be like, you know yeah. what? I don't want that dude. It's yeah. your team. Right. And 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 when you do something stupid, Kathy Griffin, mm-hmm. and Squatty Potty says we're not going to have you as our spokesperson anymore or the NFL teams say we don't want you on our team anymore then right. that is their right that is their as right as a business yes as an entity it's not oh i have a first amendment right i can do whatever i want even um gilbert gottfried who who was who was wrongfully let go mm-hmm. by um, geico because geico clearly did not understand who they had hired <laughs> <laughs> but even still he, so maybe he was wrongly hired. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> he went wrongly fired. So he absolutely had the had the right to make that joke, and I think he understood that because he never came on and said, "Oh, they shouldn't have fired me." Yeah, but it, 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 it's there's three. I think it's threefold. I think there's that. I think there's the First Amendment issue. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same people who laugh at at a comedian's jokes at the at the expense of other people, mm-hmm. and then get upset when a joke lands at their feet. At their feet. And then, oh, yeah. and then it's a comic feeling I have this leeway because I'm a comedian. And there are people who defended um, Kathy Griffin and then this next item that we're going to talk about and said, you know, oh, comics get a little bit of leeway. They've got a little more space. I think that's true to an extent, but you can't, um, you can't do something outrageous like that that you know in the moment. And I know she knew mm-hmm. that. You know, this is, this is pretty out there. Yeah. You know, and then expect go. I was shocked at the outrage. Where I was you? shocked. Where are you? <laughs> I was shocked that they took me off of uh, yeah. the New Year's countdown. Yeah. And the squatty potty. And the squatty potty. The squatty potty. I, I was shocked. Yeah. It's like, listen, if you, I respect someone's right to take a stand, but I, yeah. we got a lot of, and I'm not necessarily talking about Kathy Griffin, but you got too many people out here that will take a stand, but don't want to lose anything. Right. That's yeah. what a stand is. <laughs> if if you couldn't lose anything, it wouldn't be a stand. Yeah. If there's no risk. <laughs> if there's yeah. no risk. I like oxygen. <laughs> Taking a stand for oxygen. <laughs> right. I Going mean, out on a limb. That's that's what a stand is. Like it wouldn't be a stand if you couldn't lose <laughs> shit. It'd just be saying something that most people like. Like so that that's my thing is that uh, you know if you're gonna do it, do it, but yeah. own own the consequences. Yeah, you got to know there's gonna be some. Some repercussions. Yeah, if you, you hold and, up the bloody severed head of a sitting president, yo, no matter who that president is. Right, and there's got and even okay. Let's say you don't get it. There's someone in your circle. No, oh, yeah, that goes, hey, yeah, hey, like, hey Kathy, can you? Can, can, can I just got I, a minute? Ju- yeah, put the thing down for a second. Let me. Can I just take a step back and just look at just the big picture? Think about me, because I, I I need this job. <laughs> I need you to have a career because I. Need this job being your lackey, right? So just think about it. That's just all I'm saying. Take a second. Just just take a step. Back. Look at look at the head. Look at the look at all the blood. That is a lot of blood. <laughs> I, I just remember her being up there saying, "He's he's he's broken me." 
<laughs> yeah, that's what that is. So what you yeah. now you got to go back and be like the fucking rest of us. <laughs> so, Welcome to our world, Kathy. Working Griffin. a damn job. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> we all broken then. I'm hell. I'm broken. <laughs> Shit, he didn't. Who was president when I was born? He broke me because <laughs> I've been just working jobs. You know, like oh, well, God forbid you have to come back and do what the fuck I do. Yeah, you know, like it's, it's you know, but I, but I, I, uh, it, you, I, I do believe that there is some some leeway with comedy, but there's room to apologize no matter what you do. That I think, I think. That's what's wrong in some ways with our politics and with our politicians. Yeah. It's like they spend so much time justifying yeah. bullshit yeah. instead of sometimes being like, you know what, I had that wrong. Yeah, I had that wrong. Yeah, the president was just learning the job. He just he doesn't know. Yeah, no, no. Of. Here's why Kavefe <laughs> is a real thing. Ah, <laughs> look, the man. right people know it. I hit the wrong is. button. I was half asleep. <laughs> Shit. I was tweeting on the toilet. And I hey, <laughs> at least hey, at least unless you know, I send my own tweets. Okay. <laughs> Half the people you all like don't even send them. That's right. I That's send right. my own tweets. Yeah. Kavefe <laughs> proves that. You think Kim Kardashian's tweeting herself? I, I clearly have no editor. Okay? <laughs> I'm writing these things straight from the horse's mouth. There is there there, there is a, a, a level of being genuine, you know, a, a level of sincerity that, that yeah. I can appreciate it that. Yeah, but that shows also for him, for his for his twisted reality, it's a level of, of a vulnerability that he can't possibly let people. Just yeah, so oh, the right people know what Kafefe means. Oh, shut! Bullshit, <laughs> machismo, chest-beating nonsense. Oh, I'm I'm strong. I I meant Kafefe. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. You know. So, and that's that's part of what you learn with marriage that you can't just you can't just try to justify it. Sometimes you right, just right. have to go. Look, I screwed that up, and I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And and you and and a lot of times you find that people are like, okay, yeah, it's cool. You can't keep doing the same shit. That's how Letterman handled his thing. Look, I screwed up. You know what? I did it. I'm sorry. I hurt people who care about me, and I'm sorry. Right. And, and, and you know, I, Kathy Griffin, to her credit, if she did really feel that way, she did apologize. I Again, I you know, yeah. he's he's broken me. But yeah, I don't, know I, I don't have any whatever on that. But <laughs> but that part about, you know, I, I'm apologizing. I went too far, and I don't I don't think it was okay to do it. If she really felt that way. Why would you not apologize? Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I, I beg to differ with uh, Mr. Mencio on yeah. that one. We, I, I gotta, I gotta disagree on that one. I think that if you think you did something wrong, I don't care what it is—comedy, astronaut, <laughs> uh, uh, theater, uh, whatever—if you think yeah. you did something wrong, apologize. Yeah. All right. Item number two. Two. Bill Maher. Okay. All right. Are you familiar with this? Do you, I know uh, with the baby? Called, you're yeah. He not, called. Right. He he he. Uh, he said he's a house nigger. Yeah. And and okay. Okay, so first of all, his use of the N-word. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on that? Uh, Bill Maher's use of the N-word. In that context, in that in that moment. Man, I just, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree. That. But is it is it the... Was I deeply offended or something? Yeah. Not really, but I, but I know you can't, you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> no, in the context... In the context of that joke, he wasn't calling anyone an N-word. Mm-hmm. He wasn't referring to a race of people as an N-word. Right. He was he was making the joke, the joke about himself. I get the joke he was trying to make. Right. I understood yeah, yeah. the joke he was trying to make. Right. Um, there's another way. I mean, had he said, "I'm a house slave," would that have been any better? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um, you, Not as funny. 
Uh, yeah, maybe. May, well, I don't know how funny people thought this was. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> so, I don't think too many people thought it was. Funny I, yeah, I didn't, but, but, but um, I think that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that he. You have to understand that there are just things you can't do, and it's not good enough to say, "Well, they do it too." Yeah, that, that's just. Yeah, no, 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 and not, I don't think he didn't. I think other people in his defense made that argument. Yeah. I don't think he did. Yeah, and I it, that's just not the way life works. Yeah. Like there's things like a woman can slap you, you can't slap a woman. Yeah. Should that change? Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> like th- there are certain things yeah. that are that way and sometimes uh especially when you're dealing with historically marginalized groups that there are things that work that way. So okay, so white people can't say the N-word, but shit, they still get mortgages and shit. Like you got, yeah, you got yeah. a lot of good shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. you can still catch a cab when I can't, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the the real yeah. stuff, you know. So I, I feel that there are just some things where you gotta like with women. I'm I'm you know, I don't know what it's like uh, being white and, and approaching black issues, but being a male and talking to some of my female friends, they can call each other bitches, hoes, and do all that stuff. I can't come in the yeah, room and no, do you, that. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. First of all, I don't want in on that. Right. Right? right. I'm not like, oh, I wish I could say faggot. Yeah. I wish yeah. I, uh, the, the yeah. faggots, yeah. gay people call each other. Why can't I get in on that? That's not, I'm good. I don't <laughs> need, I look, man. I, hey, that's not, I don't want in. Like if Jews were walking around saying, "What's up, my Holocaust?" Like I would not. I don't. Okay, that's them. I don't. Well, why come I can't say it? I, I don't want to say yeah, it. Yeah, I, that's. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't need to I'm do. I'm good. That. I got plenty of other words that I have fun with. Yeah, I've got. I've got all kinds of groups. I don't fit in with. I don't need to work that hard to, <laughs> to, to try to fit in with a group. Right. So I. So so my biggest yeah. thing is why the hell do you want in on that? Yeah. Right. But. Um, you know, with Bill Maher, I think that I think he did come out and apologize. He did uh, the uh, a day or two later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he the thing with that, even uh, separate from what happened with Kathy Griffin, because Kathy Griffin again, conscious choice. I had to, you know, someone had to hand me the severed head. I had yeah. to pick it up. And I had to and, stand and, there. And I had to wait for the photographer to get put focused. the makeup on it. A, a whole thing. Had to yeah, happen. it took her. You know, it was a fifteen-minute process t- to take that photo. She had to have makeup because I saw her later, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, this is yeah, a good no, bit of makeup yeah. she's normally wearing. Yeah, wow, Kath, uh, uh, <laughs> Kellyanne Conway's really let her. Oh, that's Kathy Griffin. Sorry. So. Brian's going to apologize for that. <laughs> He's going to apologize for the Kellyanne Conway joke. So, but uh, the Bill Maher joke, which again, I understand the joke he was trying to make. Yeah, you say I'm not working in the field. That was basically the joke right. he was trying to make. Right. I'm not. I'm not going on the field. Right. Right. He could have said it that the way you just said it. Right. Is how he could have expressed it. Right. Yeah. In the moment, it was unscripted. Yeah. A a a a free-flowing conversation with a with a lawmaker mm-hmm. and he was very comfortable dropping an n-word yeah super yeah just super, you know off the cuff you think it was off the cuff or do you think he said i'm gonna get that i'm gonna get that analogy or i'm gonna get that in there no 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 because it wasn't in the court if you listen to the clip um in the course of the conversation the the lawmakers from nebraska mm-hmm. and like bill maher said something like you know i'm not going to nebraska or something like that and the lawmaker, whose name escapes me now, said, oh, no, we'd love to have you come out and work in our fields. Oh, OK. You know, because Nebraska cornfields. Right. He wasn't even making any sort of slavery right, he reference. Wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And Bill Maher's immediate response was, oh, OK. Right, I'm no I'm house N. Right. I got you. So it wasn't script. It wasn't like it, right. it was this boom immediately. That's, you know, in the Rolodex of his of his brain 
of a comedian's brain. I think he's actually less of a comedian now than he used to be. Mm-hmm. I think now he's more of a like a, 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 a John Stewart, more mm-hmm. of a, a political commentator. Mm-hmm. But in the Rolodex of his mind, of his comics mind, he went boom. Yeah, house and 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 the question is a little too easy. Yeah, how'd that <laughs> how'd that get into the Rolodex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was that an option? Exactly. Like, exactly. It, like no matter what Sam, someone is saying to me at the moment, uh, faggot is not on the list of options for me to say. Yeah, I I don't care if if they're doing me like Mel Gibson at the end of Braveheart, I, whatever my circumstance is. Yeah, faggot doesn't come to mind. No. It's just not in there, right? right? It's not in there. So for Bill Maher. Yeah. Um, there's a level of comfort or something that he has, and I, you know, I don't know why. Maybe because he knows black people, he just thinks comedy. You do what you want. I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't think I know. Some people think he's anti-Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people, you know, obviously people on the right. I mean, but he's neither right or left. I mean, he's about as, you know, middle of the road because he picks on. You know, folks on the left just as much as we watch his show fairly regularly. Yeah, and, yeah, I've, I've I've watched a, a bunch it, of it, But I, I I I it's just the thing that bothered me about that was again I got the joke he was trying to make. It was just a little bit too. It was it was chambered and ready to yeah. go, and the, that's I think what bothered me the most about about that exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to. Uh, it, it, here's the thing. On one hand, you could say, well. He hangs out with black people a good bit. He used to date a lot of black women. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but he hangs out with black people, so he's more comfortable with that. Yeah. But see, on the reverse of that, I mean, in my mind, if you hang out with a lot of black people, you should understand um, the button that that pushes. Yeah. Right? If you're having real conversations with yeah. the black people you know, then at some point, uh, you know, the N-word has come up where you understand that there's a particular sensitivity particular sensitivity and in and an understandable sensitivity to yeah, that yeah um that you know that's not something i'm going to come out here with um so i you know i think that for is it a big deal to me no mm-hmm. it's not a big deal to me am i going to stop watching bill maher no um i no, i don't watch him that much anyway but <laughs> if i if i did watch him all the time that would not stop me yeah um, like he didn't go full Kramer or the, like no, he didn't, no, he didn't no, go no. Michael Richards. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was just an off the cuff thing. Yeah. Uh, he rethought it later and said, you know what, you know, maybe at some point he'll have to visit why that was in there and, and you know, what, what's up with yeah. that. But I, you know, I, that's not a, that's not a huge deal to me, but you have to apologize. Like you, uh-huh. you know, especially if you're going to be on network. Uh, or a cable network a television. Yeah. A- a- it's not TV. Yeah, it's not, it's not TV. It's <laughs> HBO. So, yeah, I think the apology was appropriate. Yeah. Um, and I also think that uh, if you you don't, you can apologize and move on. You know, don't. I, I think he's got a couple Ice Cube and some other people coming on his show to talk about the N-word uh, this, week, yeah. this week. And what I hope he doesn't do is try to double back and justify it or try to yeah. double back and go, you know, I mean, right. You know, I wasn't that, that I, you know, look, it's just, look, I'm sorry. I don't even know that you need to do a show on it. No, I, really could have just yeah. said, look, I screwed up. Wasn't cool to say. And just move on and just move on. Yeah. And like people, people will, yeah. You know, let it, let it be over. Yeah. I, does saying it without malice matter? Uh, I mean, I guess it matters less than if it were with Malice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It, but ultimately, um, yeah, there, there's so much baked into the term. Yeah, that 
I mean, it doesn't matter how you're how you're uh, a lot of times, especially if you're not black, how you're using it. Uh, there's just so much baked in there. There's so much history, so much nastiness, so much mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that is um, is is baked in there. So it's a weird thing. I personally don't use the M. I don't I don't use right. it. I don't use it in my comedy. Yeah. I don't use it in my everyday conversations. And there was a time when I was trying to get other black folks to stop using it. Yeah. And yeah. that was like trying to get the sun not to rise. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I can't control what other folk will do, but I'm going to change that uh, in my own, uh, you know, dialogue from yeah. day to day. Yeah. So I don't, I don't use it at all. Um, it, it's just, to yeah. me, it's just a term that <clears throat> has no place. Yeah. It, it, uh, right. You know, but, other people do what they do. I don't cast anything mm-hmm. on them. That's that's fucked to other people. But for me, my family and, and what we do in our home, it's just not a part of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well I just I wanted I wanted to get your opinion on both issues. Both as you know, as a comedian and then particularly with the Bill Maher issue as a as an as an African American comedian. I was curious about your stance, you know, kind of where you where you felt. Well, here, here's an interesting one. Here, let me let me hit, hit hit you with this one real quick. So my wife and I, and I, I I've told I think I've told the story. My wife is from Haiti. Uh-huh. I think I've I've said that yeah, on you the podcast that. before. My wife is my wife is from Haiti. Uh, if it, and she has the most fascinating backstory ever. I've told you this uh-huh. backstory. Yeah. Uh, adopted uh, father uh, father adopted fathers with the Peace Corps. Yeah, uh, brought her to the states and everything else. She grew up in South Carolina. Uh, amazing woman. I married her. Hell, she's amazing. Yeah, but <clears throat> we have a son now. And she goes, well, he's half Haitian. And I said, uh, well, not really. And she said, well, yeah, he is because I'm from, I was born in Haiti. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, that makes you Haitian. And she goes, well, that makes him Haitian too. I said, no, that doesn't make him Haitian. I said, the definition, I said, let's pull out Webster's. Let's pull out. The definition is born or a citizen of a country. Right. So that is the dictionary definition of an American, Haitian, or anything else. Our son was not born in Haiti. Our son is not a citizen of Haiti. Uh-huh. How's he Haitian? Yeah, he's American. Well, yes, yes. I think you know if you talk about uh, what would that be genealogy. Mm-hmm. You know how you can you know you can look into the chromosomes and the genes and stuff like that and figure out where people are from. Yeah. You know, so there's that. But I would agree with you. Your son is is American. Yeah. He's American. And and she goes, well, he's. <clears throat> and she goes, well, he's half Haitian. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's just American with Haitian blood and DNA. Just like I got yeah, buddies yeah. that have Irish, and I got some Native American, and we all got a bunch of stuff up in us. But the boy, he, I yeah. said, you can. I said, listen, you can say that. Yeah. I said, you you can tell people that the boy's half Haitian. I got no issues with that. But his dad on this side. <laughs> I'm ro- I'm rolling with Webster's, uh, Merriam-Webster, <laughs> yeah, okay? Yeah. And by definition, yeah. the boy is not Haitian. So, you know, I understand that his mother's from, but it's a weird thing then because if you go on the U.S. Census form, right, you, you look and one of the boxes is, is it African-American or is it black now under there? I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like at a time it was <laughs> yeah. African-American. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I wasn't born in Africa. Right. And I, I'm not a citizen of any country in Africa. So how am I African anything? Yeah. Like I'm just American. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm I guess you say black, but you know, that that stuff that's not even that this that's just totally made up. Black, yeah. white, yeah. red, whatever the fuck, purple. <laughs> that shit is totally made yeah. up. Yeah. But in terms of ethnicity, it's like I'm American. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, so African American, it's like I guess that's just how people do it. 
Right. But if you're having well, a, it's, yeah. if you're having a factual conversation about it by by all the definitions I can find, I'm just American. Yeah. Yeah. Is your wife a a US citizen? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I can I understand what she's saying. Me too. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's some pride there and she wants to yes. you know culturally she wants him to you know probably to recognize and to be proud of well his family's backstory and here's the part about that, bro. Okay, Ask me how many times my wife's been back to Haiti. Uh how, hey Will. How many times my wife been how many back to Haiti? Been back to Haiti? Uh if you add the number of times okay, we'll combine them. Okay. The number of times she's been to Haiti. Mm-hmm. Uh the number of uh, Creole words she speaks, <laughs> the number of Haitian dishes she can cook. Mm-hmm. If you put all those together, it's zero. Okay. So I'm like, yeah. you're uh, like the only I f- I find sometimes that when people from these different whether I don't care we talk about Haiti, Mexico, whatever, sometimes the only connection people have to these places is they like to put on a flag when it's Haitian Day yeah, and yeah. go, oh Haiti, 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 and then yeah. it's but but. They have nothing to do with the country. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 my heritage. Hey, hey, hey. It's and then, not, it's and not then on the, on the sixth, <laughs> yeah. through the fourth, back around, <laughs> it's all America. Yeah. But yeah. you want to have a talk with me about your uh, Mexican pride? <laughs> yes. yeah. That's fine. But I'm going to need yeah. you to take a trip back at least once. Yeah, but you're going to have to do it in September when the actual Mexican Independence Day is and not on the Corona Mexican Independence Day. How about Day. that, Brandon? Ooh, that was ooh. so smart. <laughs> um, but, but to be fair, though, your wife's been to Haiti once. She was born she there. She was born there. Yeah. Yeah, so her feet landed on Haitian soil at least once. <laughs> That's fair. Once. <laughs> I, will, I will give it that. But, <laughs> but but now now in her defense, she does. She wants to go back and everything else. So yeah. I guess she just you know hadn't had the opportunity. My, actually, my little sister, uh, after my mom passed, to, passed away, my dad married a, a woman uh, whose parents were from Haiti. So uh, they, you know, Haitian, uh, all that stuff. So my brothers and sisters, they, they do Haiti, Haiti, Haiti. And my sister just went back to Haiti uh, for about a week. And then she just came back. So now she's been back to Haiti. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if my wife ends up going. So you're, wait, so your dad, your dad mm-hmm. married a Haitian woman. Yes. Does that make your son three quarter Haitian? What? <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> I just, it's so damn confusing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Just, Unless you're her, which you're not. No. So, yeah. yeah. So there's no. I just. <laughs> oh, that's right. There would be no. It gets so yeah, confused. There's no. I just want to see that vein <laughs> bulge in your forehead. As I try to put, <laughs> put, pull out a damn calculator. But it's wild because people, you know, people say, oh, I'm Irish American or I'm this or that. It's like, all right. Yeah, I only I've considered doing that 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 uh you know the genealogy thing where they can tell like you know what region of the world your people were from and all that. Yeah. Um, because I was adopted, so I I have no idea. I can guess. Mm-hmm. Tall, blonde, blue eyed. I can guess what what part of the world my people <laughs> came from. But uh, the I, Sudan. Yeah, <laughs> yes, clearly. Yeah. The Sudanese. But I don't. Yeah, there's no. I don't have any real urge to know. Yeah. yeah. I I I uh. Yeah, it's it's weird. Some people want to know, some people don't. That's always I always well no matter what though, I respect people's thing. Like my wife, yeah, she yeah. she's not necessarily clamoring to meet her birth family. I yeah. kind of am. I'm like, "Well, can I meet them and talk with them?" <laughs> yeah. You know, so she's like, "Yeah, you can if you can find them." So maybe maybe we'll uh do that. Also, we had a couple more items I wanted to hit before we get out of here. Uh the Comey hearings, everybody's talking about it. Uh 
I have not heard anything uh, legally significant in terms of obstruction of justice. Really? Yeah, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything that says there was obstruction of justice. I have. I, I've heard some things, some circumstantial stuff. Well, um, it, when he said, uh, "I hope we can let the Mike Flynn thing go." Yeah, and that's what to me again. I'm not an attorney, yeah. but if if your boss's boss mm-hmm. called you in his office mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, you know, I, I, I'm hoping we can get this thing done by Friday, yeah. by close of business Friday," yeah, you're gonna do what you can. You know, you're gonna take that right. as a directive to get this shit done by close of business Friday. Of course. So if the president of the United States, who is if you're Jim Comey, your boss's boss, mm-hmm. calls you into the Oval Office, sends everybody else out, yeah, and says, "Hey, I I hope we can make this thing go away." Right. I think, I think rightfully so that Comey took that as a directive to make this thing go, even though he decided he wasn't going to do it. Yeah. You know, I feel like he he interpreted that as sure. You know, it's the old like you know, nice business you have here. It would be a shame if something happened to it. Right. You know, oh, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Yeah. Oh, oh completely. That, yeah. Completely. There's no question about that. But uh, when we're talking about a legal standard, yeah, and yeah. when we're talking about obstruction of justice, the bar's a little higher than that. Yeah. I mean, that's the barbecue cookout. We're talking in the barbershop yeah. standard, right? Come on, man. You know what it means. Yeah. You know what it really means. But what about firing Comey then? What do you mean? When he fired Comey and said he did it because of the Russia investigation, you know, in the statement came on and said, told ABC News he did it because of the Russia investigation. You know, I mean, literally fired the person in charge of the investigation because of the investigation. Right. But but you would have to have him saying he could have he 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 just could have fired him because he thought that he was handling the Russia investigation poorly, which is his right. If I think if I'm your boss and I think you're doing anything poorly, I get rid of you. Yeah. Like that's he serves at the leisure of the president. Yeah, true. So unless he says, I'm in hot water, my ass is on the grill, <laughs> yeah. I think that if you continue this, I'm going to get in trouble. I want you gone. Then that's different. Yeah. But if he's just saying, Yeah, I don't like the way you're handling it, that can mean ten million things. Again, the yeah. the you have to be very specific if you're gonna charge someone yeah. with obstruction of justice and take away the presidency. Yeah. It, it's there's just a higher bar and it sounds like whatever but um, there's just a high bar for that stuff. Like, yeah, I think ultimately it's not going to be obstruction of justice that takes down this this president. I think it's going to be Kathy e- Griffin. Kathy, clearly Kathy Griffin. I think it's going to be the Twenty Fifth Amendment. It's going to be something. It's going to be almost like you know the way the FBI took down the the mob back in the you know in the twenties and thirties. It's it's going to be income taxes. It's going to be business. It's going to be RICO. Or it's going to be the Twenty Fifth Amendment. I yeah. don't think it's going to be something as obvious as "Hey, I hope we can make this go." Away. And we'll see what happens with the 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 Russia investigation. I mean, it sounds like Kushner may be in trouble. Yeah. Um, we're trying to set up some of the back channels to you know. So we'll we'll see what happens. I I tell you what though, I saw uh, the congressman asking the questions, and you didn't even have to know who they were to know what their party was. Yeah. When they were asking, and I'm like, and then they finish it up, and it goes, eh, "Well, as you can see, you should trust our ability to do an unbiased invest." Yeah. Every motherfucker, every person I heard up there was biased. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is he wasn't the target of anything. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. yeah like, or, or if you're John McCain. No. Oh. What was that? It's like, uh, Clinton emails. <laughs> where Where am I? He what might, day is this? He might need Ooh. to go ahead and hang it up. <laughs> that that did, was rough. Yeah, that that uh that didn't sound too good. Also, uh, I wanted to take a second and um 
and and extend uh, the thoughts and prayers of the podcast family and and everything else. One of our listeners, um, a buddy of mine named Cab, listens to every episode. Uh, had a uh, um, seizure and mm. uh, went, I think, went into cardiac arrest or something like that, and um, is in the hospital in a coma. Uh. Uh, and he's been in a coma now for some time. I think they're moving him to a long-term care facility. His his girlfriend had been updating me on um, uh, on how he was doing. But uh, since then, I haven't heard from her in a few days. So uh, I'm not sure which way this thing is going, whether there's going to be permanent brain damage. Apparently, he's had a, a couple more seizures since he's mm. been in a coma. So it's not good. Uh, but I just wanted to let him know that we, as a podcast, are thinking about him because this dude's a loyal listener. Yeah, like he was yeah. listening to every episode and 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 thought we were hilarious. And he's a really good person. And I just want to let him and his family know that uh, we're all thinking about him, pulling for him, praying for him, and uh, want to see a want to see a nice recovery. Absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we're uh, we're thinking of you. Yeah, yeah, we love our thinking listeners, man. Yeah. We love everybody, but yeah, uh, we really love. <laughs> the people who listen to us we really love the people that that listen to yeah. us and, and um and everything else and then you know i guess some other time we'll oh, maybe we'll talk about it next week these nba finals man it's just i mean this thing was over uh when the season started yeah yeah i mean give me a break yeah golden state hasn't lost the entire playoffs have they no wow i, I just I mean, and then people going, uh, oh, man, uh, Kevin Durant, can you believe it? I'm like, the guy hasn't seen a double team in eight months. <laughs> I've literally never yeah. seen two people standing in front of him. Because you can't, because who else? You can't. You can't leave yeah. Steph, Clay, yeah. Dre. You can't leave these people to double team anybody. The team is undouble teamable. The guys I grew up on, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, they got double teamed all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, you know, Kevin, I mean, he's got free reign. He's a great player. There's no question yeah, yeah. that he's great. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, man, you go to a team that had 73 wins. Yeah. They already had, like, and then it was already built. Like, yeah. you just went and was like, okay, and that's cool. You can do that. But for me to put you in the, like, list of the greats and all that stuff, you're going to need to win three, four, or five yeah. championships with that team. It ain't just yeah. one. Hell, I could coach that team to one championship. Yeah. Yeah. And then the. There's the LeBron argument, and we could, we've already gone on a long time. Yeah. But the LeBron argument that oh LeBron's the greatest and LeBron's this and he's been to what eight straight finals something like that, which is amazing. Yeah, this is his seventh year. But, but he's going to be three and five in finals. Yeah, so that does not make you the goat. It's interesting that that that's <laughs> interesting because yeah. it's like I, I think Jordan was six and zero oh or something like that. But yeah. that also means he's only been to six. Yeah, yeah. So but, he just got knocked out earlier. Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of times before, because they had to beat the you know Pistons had to beat the Celtics, mm-hmm. you know, and then the Bulls had to beat the Pistons in order to get to that yeah. point, and they also needed you know the Bulls didn't have all the pieces. That's true. Initially. But but I mean, speaking of pieces though, I to me LeBron's one of LeBron's greatest accomplishments wasn't a championship. That team. I think I remember years ago when they played. Uh, I, I don't know who it was in the finals, but they they might have beat the Magic. They beat Detroit. Remember that? Remember that they beat Detroit, and then they yeah. played uh, the Spurs. I think they got swept by the Spurs in yeah. the finals. I think the best player on that team besides LeBron was Mo Williams. Yeah, you took a team. Yeah, agreed. Where I, the I second best that. player was Mo Williams to the finals, and and yeah. listen, and then uh, not last year, but the year before, 
that uh, Warriors team, it had one of the uh, – they went to the finals, and then LeBron took a team that didn't have Kyrie, mm-hmm. didn't have Kevin Love, right. played against the Golden State Warriors and won two games with yeah. Della Vadova. And um, I think Mo Williams again. I think Mo Williams. <laughs> Mo, Mo Williams was there again. Mo's just hitched his wagon to LeBron. The fact that he won two games against that team, yeah, but yeah. with just by himself, one of the greatest teams ever with no help, yeah, is uh, those are two of the more impressive things I've seen. So I understand that the three and five record in the finals, uh, that's got to be part of the conversation. Uh, I don't know that he's the goat. I'm not prepared to say he's the goat. No, I still no, have, you know, yeah. I, he, but he's also got some more years to play. Yeah. So we we kind of have to wait till it's all over. Yeah. To to make that final pronouncement on it. We forget he's still kind of young. Jeez. I mean, he's got a lot of miles on him, but Man. but it just because we've been hearing about LeBron since he was what 14. Yeah. 15, and now he's 30. Yeah. Something and, like that. And, so he's he's got some. And he's some not time to left. me. He's not showing signs of slowing down. No. No. That's why with the Sixers, I'm like, hey, just take your time. Yeah. Wait till this guy's done. Isn't he averaging a triple double? Yes. Yeah. Averaging a triple double in the yeah, finals. Yeah, he's, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. So you know, I, I like Golden State get this one, but like I said, I'm not gonna be sitting around here going, oh my god, that was so amazing, Kevin Durant. Yeah. No. I mean, to me, that's just a get a ring quick scheme. Yeah. Oh, agreed. That that's a that's a yeah. That there's been a couple equivalents in hockey. It's a it's a Ray Bork. Okay, well then break that um, down. What was that? Okay, so Ray Bork played played for the uh, Bruins, Bruins forever. Yep, forever. Mm-hmm. Never, you know, the Bruins were were not really very good. Made the playoffs a few times, but never really took a run at a cup. Um, Bork wanted a cup, probably deserved a cup. Hall of Fame player. Uh, they traded him to Colorado, mm-hmm. and he won a cup like you know the next year with Colorado. But that's when they had. You know, Joe Sackick, uh, oh. um, uh, Patrick Waugh was the goaltender. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that team. You know, I mean, they traded him to a loaded hockey team. Right. So it, it it it's that kind of you know, I'm it probably I think I think he retired the year after that. So I think it's like you, you know, I've been playing for X amount of years. I would like a ring. Please send me to someplace where I can get a ring. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do with that? What do you do with that when you? When you conceptualize that in terms of where you put them in terms of great players, and does that take does that take you down a peg if you got a ring but you got it because you hopped on with a team that was already winning rings or what? I don't know. I think it depends. I think I think hockey is a little bit different. I think hockey tends to recognize good players on bad teams a little bit more than than other sports do. But um, I mean, it doesn't. You know, I think the ring is significant, obviously, for the player, but I don't think. You know, when it comes time f- for Ray Bork's Hall of Fame induction, which he's already in, but um, when it comes time for for the Hall of Fame induction for a player like that, there's other statistics you look to first mm. before, you know, oh, and he, and he won a championship with Colorado. Right. You know, so there's, there's hockey's weird. It's got all kinds of, you know, plus minus and all this other stuff that, you know, you pay attention to as a defenseman, but so then, so then, does the ring get mentioned sooner depending on how you won the ring? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, if you're the centerpiece of the team, you know, you're you're LeBron. Yeah. You know, I think people will. You're Michael. You know, he won six championships and he did all this other stuff. Right. You know, I think the number of championships. Tom Brady. Right. You know, are Tom Brady's numbers that spectacular? Where, where if he if he was the Cleveland Browns quarterback, if he was if he was a let's pick a different team, right, right, a middle of the pack, yeah, you know, franchise that kind of makes the playoffs every now and again, yeah, but doesn't win championship after championship. You know, is Tom Brady 
you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback without the championships. Right. Who I don't knows? know. Yeah. But no, but that's that's a good point. Yeah. I think I think how you win the ring matters. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, hey, shouts out to Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, he, and 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 to and to his, you know, he's had every right to do that. He he's he's playing with a team. He and he lo- they seem to really enjoy playing with each other. Yeah. I get that from watching them. They're not like the Clippers. <laughs> okay, the Clippers <laughs> look like they don't like each other. Yeah. But but they look like they enjoy playing with each other. And I saw somebody tweeted a thing because Rihanna was at one of the games. I don't know if you saw, but uh, they had. A, I saw a tweet where the guy said, uh, he said Kevin Durant uh, is. Uh, I think they said scoring 30-some points a game in the NBA Finals, walking around, winking, having fun with Rihanna, playing on one of the best teams ever, uh, playing loose and fast and shooting three uncontested threes. And y'all think he should have stayed in Oklahoma City. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah. I understand that for him personally, but when we have a GOAT conversation yeah. and when we have an all-time pecking order conversation, yeah. hey, man. Not yet. Enjoy your life. Yeah. But – you gonna need, in my opinion, you're gonna need to win three or four with that team for me to put you. Yeah, and you need to be the centerpiece of something. And and to and I think he's been their best player, uh, in these finals. I I, I think he's been the best player. But that's it's still you should have won one. If you didn't win one, it was a disaster. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. team should have won. Yeah, they should have won every game in the play. They should have won them all by twenty. Yeah, they should have won them all. So, you know, you got to do this two or three more times for me to go. Okay, that's the same as that equals what LeBron did last year or, yeah. or you know, I, I just – or what Dirk Nowitzki did that year with Dallas where it right. was just him. Right, right. You know, like you don't – this championship doesn't equal those like that. Yeah. So. Don't you think the league's changed – I mean, we're going to – we could talk all day. Yeah. Um, but the league has changed enough, I think, as far as, you know, like those days of one player, you know, being able to put a team on your back. That's over. Yeah. You need two or three yeah. superstars. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm sitting around in Philadelphia trusting the process. We got Joel Embiid. We got Ben Simmons. I don't know who we're going to draft this year, but but watch out, Golden State. <laughs> you watch the hell out. It's three or four years from now. <laughs> it's going to be all about the Sixers. Don't say I didn't tell you. <laughs> so in 2021. Yeah. Maybe we'll be holding up Kevin Durant's severed head. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I apologize. I want to go ahead and apologize right yeah. now. Uh, Kevin Durant has broken me. I got to go back to work. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. See you next week. The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs>